Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Audio bandwidth for Net at Night is provided by Winamp for Android, the ultimate media player for your desktop and Android device, featuring wireless sync. Download it free at winamp.com slash Android. Video bandwidth for Net at Night is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Net at Night with Amber MacArthur and Leo Laporte, episode 193, recorded March 15th, 2011. South by South Wasted. Net at Night is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look professional. Get started with a free package at FreshBooks.com. And by Audible.com. To download a free audiobook of your choice, go to Audible.com slash night. And by GoToMyPC. For those of us who work around the clock, Access your files and applications around the clock, too, with GoToMyPC. For your free 30-day trial, visit GoToMyPC.com slash night. It's time for Net at Night from Petaluma, California, USA. I'm Leo Laporte. And I'm Amber MacArthur from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where we don't have the iPad 2 yet. Oh, I know. Aww. So sad, isn't it? I was going to say, did you get your iPad? Oh, never mind. I know, I <laughs> when, know. It's the 22nd, they said? Uh, I think, yeah, it's next week. I thought it was the 25th, but I might have to double-check that date. Now, you so. sold out almost everywhere, so I'm just hoping Apple kind of put some aside for our Canadian friends. You never know, Leo. I know people who have already uh, planned to uh, drive across the border and really? get their hands on one. Um, I'm going down to the States tomorrow, so I've been thinking, you know, I know obviously it's not easy to get one. but I hope you could find one, yeah. I know, it would be good. But uh, how are you liking yours? Uh, I like it a lot, although I have to say, if you have an iPad 1, I don't think unless, uh, you know, you really sold on the camera, you should worry about uh, getting a new one. The iPad 1 is perfectly good. Uh, there's some, you know, supposedly this is twice as fast. Uh, I think it's going to depend a little bit on what programs you use because I don't, I don't see a huge difference uh, in speed. But it's, you know, it's, it's thin, it's pretty, it's nice. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's one of those things. I have, We have two iPads right now, and uh, I love them. I mean, they're great for what they do. I have no complaints about them. So, you know, I, sure, I'd like to play around with an iPad, too, but I don't think it's something where I would be necessarily, you know, um, no. not dying to get my hands on no, one. No, I don't think you'd feel bad not having one. Although, uh, the killer apps, GarageBand and iMovie. Um, now, you can put GarageBand on an iPad 1. It just uh, it just doesn't have as much horsepower. Uh, but it's pretty amazing. Uh, I have to say, and, and iMovie, I'm I'm kind of interested in like making a movie with this thing and seeing. Yeah, that would be fun because iMovie is pretty cool on it. Anyway, I just but uh, these are all minor differences, you know. Just minor things. Yeah. So, uh, Leo, we have a great possible guest today, and I say possible guest because he is one busy guy, and so we are tracking him down kind of in transit. Um, I believe he's still at South by Southwest. It's the uh, founder and CEO of Hashable. Um, Michael Yavondite, if I'm saying that correctly. And uh, he is going to join us in a little bit. At least we're going to call him up and try to figure out a way for him to join us and talk more about books. I know that was definitely uh, one, of one, one of the big stories at South by. One of the big stories, yeah. yeah. So uh, how was South by, Leo? It was great. I have to say, huge. I mean, there's a noticeable jump in attendance. I, this is only my second one, and I could tell the difference between the last time. Um, and I think they said, you know, like 40,000 people it's the first time it has been bigger than South by Southwest film and music. It is the biggest of the three now. 
Um, and I'll tell you the other thing I noticed. Uh, and I was talking to uh, um, um, Jeremiah Owang uh, on the plane. He was sitting right in front of me. Oh, cool. Yeah. And he said, uh, and I agree with him, that, uh, you know, what's happened is the barrier to entry to making a new web app has gone down so much. It's so easy to do. There were so many web apps there that it was impossible for anyone to stand head and shoulders above the crowd. Yeah. So, you know, 2007, Twitter uh, made its bones at uh, South By. Uh, two years ago, it was Foursquare. Last year, it was Gowalla. I don't think there was a winner or an obvious, uh, you know, must-have app this time uh, at South By, except maybe Uber. You know about Uber? No. <laughs> well, it's a very limited-use application. I think it's in New York, and they're going to be coming to San Francisco. It lets you call for a black car with your iPhone. Uh, the the car service has a, you know the driver has it actually it could be anybody it doesn't have to be a, a black car it doesn't have to be a medallion cabbie it could be anybody with a car in this app you you call for it they see it on their iPhone they drive there and you pay through the iPhone okay so all the petty not all but many of the petty cabs in in Austin you know there are a lot of petty cabs there were Uber petty cabs the guys had little Uber things and you would call for it and it would come riding up and you'd get in and you'd pay for it with your Uber that was kind of cool that's very cool limited va- limited value in the real world but uh, boy, That's it was useful there. in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was looking online and just reading all of the stories. And of course, on Twitter, it was so active with uh, South by Southwest uh, tweets. And I didn't really find there was one thing that I kept noticing coming up and again. Uh, of course, there were trends like group messaging and location services. I kept seeing this thing about is Scoble in the room. That is uh, the funniest site. Oh, my yeah, God. I know. It's hilarious. So, um, so, the, somebody, so the guys who did this are just fooling around. So I just went to isscobleinthisroom.com and uh, it says, almost certainly not. We last saw Scoble, Scoble 2,414 kilometers away from you. So what they're doing is they're looking at Scoble's check-ins at South by Southwest, matching it to your locale and telling you if Scoble's around. Why would anybody care? Well, I think it's a little tongue-in-cheek. But I do have to say, and Jeremiah and I were talking about this, it must be very tough. It's one of the reasons Mike Arrington, I think, doesn't go to South By anymore. We interviewed him at South By Southwest some years ago. You interviewed him. Yeah. Um, doesn't go anymore is because people like Scoble and Mike are just surrounded by entrepreneurs with startups they want coverage for. Yeah, and it's sure impossible to move. <laughs> yeah, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, Jeremiah that's... said his, 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 his solution to this uh, was to hold court. He said, you, you, you become very visible at the beginning of the party. You sit there and you let people surround you. You say hi to everybody. You collect all the cards. And then from then on, you can enjoy the party. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good idea. I've seen um, Mike Arrington do that, actually. Yeah, I forgot. I guess I didn't realize that Mike wasn't going down there anymore no, because I, I remember we go. interviewed him. Remember yeah. somebody spit at him a couple of years ago for not paying attention to them? Yeah, yeah I'm sure too much. He can't Too many anymore. people. That's too bad. I but Pee Wee Herman was there. Oh, I saw that. And I Eliza actually, Dushko. I saw Guy Kawasaki tweet out a video, I think, of Pee Wee yeah. Herman talking about going on Twitter for the first time, perhaps. Yeah, well, he'd done that a couple of months ago, I think. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But he was there. Huh, yeah. interesting. He was there. <laughs> uh, he was in the uh, Dignation VIP room. I missed him uh, because I was busy s- s- crowd surfing again. Of course, Leo. I didn't want that's to. What, that's what you do at South by South. I realized yes. if I, uh, you know... I realize if I go to the Dignation event, which is a great party at Stubbs, that I'm going to be compelled to crowd surf. I wasn't going to. I was upstairs. We were shooting. We were talking. We did a whole, by the way, we have a bunch of specials, twit.tv slash specials from South By. And we recorded Twit there. And I did the tech guy there. And we did TNT there uh, at Momo. So that was fun. We don't have the same crowd they have at Stubbs for Dignation. 
but it was a much nicer bunch of people. <laughs> really great bunch of people. They were sitting, they enjoyed, they stayed there all afternoon. It was so much fun. Uh, but so I went to Dignation that uh, Saturday night, and uh, they started going, you know, Kevin, of course, said, well, Leo's here. Should he crowd surf? And oh, Leo, no. What am I going to do? So I had Lisa Betney with me. I said, Lisa, I'll do it if you'll do it. She said, okay. I was stunned. Oh, wow. She did. I was stunned. And then I said, well, let's do a group crowd surf. So we got David Prager, who's their producer, Alex Lindsay. I'm sorry, Alex Albrecht, uh, Kevin Rose, Lisa Betney, me, and Brian Brushwood. Six people at the same time. We got the oh, record wow. for biggest and longest crowd surf. We, we crowd surfed for a minute, a minute 50 seconds. Leo, where does where do you go from here, really? No, well, I realize I can never go to that party again <laughs> because I'll have to do it again. You'll have to do it again and again. I thought and next. Again. Oh, actually, don't tell anybody, but I figured out what I'm going to do next time. Because oh. my pants—they were pulling my pants off. My pants were coming off, and I thought, God, I'm going to be the first nude crowd server, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't want to do. But next time, I am going to wear a flesh-colored bodysuit underneath my clothes, and I will have my clothes You're fall off. Strip? I will have my clothes, and it will look like yeah. I'm naked. Leo, Leo, <laughs> as your friend, <laughs> I don't know. If this Not a good idea? idea? I don't know. You should probably keep your clothes on. That would be my recommendation. <laughs> it was pretty Even funny. with the bodysuit, you know, it could get weird very fast. Okay, okay. You see, you know, everybody told me, don't do that anymore. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> That's Well, it sounds like it was a really fun event. And um, I'm going to Austin tomorrow, of course, just uh, shy of the end of Southwest <laughs> Interactive. Well, you get, you know, and the, and the music festival is actually supposed to be incredible. And you'll get there yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there for that. And actually, there's a couple people I found who are staying a little bit longer. So um, hopefully they'll still well, be. Well, Scoble's you know, still there. So you can, you can still use this uh, application and find out if Scoble is in your room. I used it in my like hotel room and I was very relieved, relieved to see he wasn't. Before yeah, I went I in, I checked. <laughs> Leo, I read this crazy story about these kids who went down to uh, Austin on a bus. And I guess they built an application on their way down from New York City. And just, you know, to hit wow. on your point when you're talking to uh, Jeremiah about um, how quickly people can develop these applications, they actually, you know, put one together just on, on the their bus. Trip. I know. So funny. Great well, story. I think it was called Lemonade Stand or something like that. Yeah, and I think you're right. Group messaging was, in theory, going to be the category, but there were seven or eight apps in that category, so it was impossible for one to win. We used Beluga, which okay, is the one yeah. Facebook bought, uh, but I don't think it was the most feature-rich of the cho of the choices. I liked Fast Society a lot. I thought that was really cool and feature-rich, but it was iPhone only, and we have some people on Android, so we couldn't use that. Um, That's the thing about Beluga that I find, too. It's pretty plain, you know? It's very There's simple. Not very simple, um, you know, no real bells and whistles, but uh, maybe that works. And I, I know people who were using that down there, and that was probably one of the more, more popular ones I, that I saw. I liked Fast Society better because you could, for instance, do a conference call, press one button, and everybody in the group gets a conference call, so you're all on the phone. You could send shout-outs. You could say, rally the group at another place. You press a button, and they all say, it says, let's all go here. I mean, it had some nice additional features that the other group messaging uh, uh, clients didn't have. Another a launch that I was hoping would do well, my friend Yuri Engstrom, who wrote Jaiku and then was uh, bought by Google, uh, has started a new location-based service called Ditto. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His idea is it shows where you're about to go, not where you are. Okay. So if you're about, so you could say, I'm in Austin and I'm about to go out to eat. I'm thinking of going to uh, Ironworks for barbecue. What do you think? And then your friends would say, no, go there, go there. There's trophies for people who are most helpful. Um, there, there's a lot of cool icons. 
it's it's and it and it ties to Foursquare, which everything does. So if you do if you actually are at a place when you check in, it will go to Foursquare. Um, so I think it's kind of I, I use Twitter uh, Ditto mostly uh, at uh, South by. You're there. Yeah. You know what I found? I was too, having too much fun to actually do any check-ins. I realized I only check in when I'm bored. Oh, yeah. When you actually have time to waste yeah. when you're having fun. So, Leo, you don't seem that exhausted. Oh, I am. Are I'm, you? I'm, I'm hyped up, hopped up on caffeine. No, I am. Oh, okay. Actually, I no, I, I got a good night's sleep last night. We came back yesterday. Okay. So I had all day yesterday to recover. Although, there's no one here in the office. Oh, really? Yeah. Eileen and uh, Lynn, who produced our, uh, our whirlwind tour of Austin, they said, "I don't want. We, we we're too tired. We can't come in." And uh, and uh, and Lisa got sick, so basically, oh, it's, no. very, it's very quiet around here. I came in. I came in, and Tom Merritt's coming in. He's going to do TNT in about half an hour. And by the way, they will, for those watching live, be uh, doing some coverage of the uh, of the uh, tsunami and earthquake in Japan and how it That's- tech is involved there. Certainly. Uh, you know, it's funny. New Zealand's pretty wired, but more than ever, uh, I saw from Japan live tweeting, uh, live video feeds from people's cell phones. They're so wired in Japan. Uh, they were staying in touch with family members using uh, Twitter and other applications. Uh, I don't know if you saw Kevin Rose's blog post about the Apple Store and how yeah, I did the Apple Store because there's not a lot of open Wi-Fi in Japan. Uh, the Apple Stores in Tokyo stayed open late letting people use the Wi-Fi. They put chargers out so people could charge their phones to stay in touch with family and friends. And, and they even let uh, the Apple executives and Apple employees stay, live in the, in, in the uh, because there were no hotel rooms, stay in the Apple stores overnight. Well, I know there are so many uh, uh, tragic stories coming out of Japan and so many interesting ways that people are using technology, even just uh, text messaging to donate money. I mean, the Red Cross has been so quick yes. to set that up all around the world. And I think that's one of the easiest ways to be able to help out. I know as soon as they set that up, I, you know, tweeted it out and then I donated, mm-hmm. you know, a one-time uh, uh, amount of $5 and just so simple in Canada. It's just 30333. And I'm sure the U.S. has a, a code as well. Yeah, do do that. And don't do, there are a lot of scams. I can't believe people are scamming. Uh, but there are a lot of scams out there. The thing about text messaging to the Red Cross um, uh, uh, is that uh, the phone companies are not taking their normal fee out of it, so it is a very efficient way to get money directly to the Red Cross. Uh, they've done this before in Haiti. Uh, they've done it before um, uh, for other events. Let me just see what the uh, Red Cross uh, what the short code is, is uh, in the U.S. for the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and later on, I'm going to talk about a way that bloggers can also help to uh, um, raise money and promote awareness about what's happening right now in Japan just by uh, tweaking their blog a little bit. So uh, that will be our site of the night. Um, if if, if you want to give uh, to the Red Cross's text Red Cross to 90999. 90999. Uh, but there are many. It's interesting. Everybody's doing this now. So you can, for instance... Uh, Use Global Giving, text Japan to 50555. Convoy of Hope, text Tsunami to 50555. Mercy Corps, Mercy to 25383. Salvation Army, Japan to 80888. Save the Children, Japan to 20222. World Vision, text the number 4, Japan to 20222. So they're, this is really great. And they're, of course, uh, Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, and T-Mobile, as well as several smaller operators, are waiving the SMS fees when you're donating via text message. Actually, you know, AT&T and Verizon are waiving long-distance charge for calls, text, and MMS messages to Japan through the end of the month. 
I know. That's amazing, yeah, too. Yeah, really great. People, it is really great. You know, disasters are horrible, but one of the things that's always uplifting after a disaster is how people show their best side and they really come through. Yeah, and especially with technology these days, you know, you actually have a way to help instantly. You're not just kind of standing by watching. You can do something about it and it raise is. awareness. Yeah. Money. Yeah. And I just think that's amazing. Like we saw with Haiti, um, it, you know, it took some of these organizations a little bit of time to get set up with these text uh, donations. And then after uh, this uh, earthquake and tsunami last week, they were so quick to get the message out there and just really, you know, enable people to donate money immediately. So uh, um, it's, it's just a wonderful thing to see. Google now has a crisis response page, you know, google.com slash crisis response, because they've done this so many times now in the past where you can get information, there are emergency lines, you can uh, use the person finder if you're missing somebody or if you know where somebody is, and you can directly donate to the Japanese Red Cross as well uh, on that page. Lots of resources uh, there as well. This is, this is really, uh, once again, uh, very impressive information from Google. This is English language, this is a Japanese language version, and there's lots of uh, information in here. And they were really fast to get that up as well, the, yes. uh, the person finder. So they, that went online so quickly. Yeah. Um, so kudos to them. Yeah, here's the real-time updates at the bottom. They're doing the, the, the uh, Twitter and other real-time updates. Really cool. It's very cool. So, Leo, we have uh, lots of news, as I'm sure you can imagine. And we have uh, a guest. Uh, we have a guest we have to track down. Um, Let me take a break. Why don't we take a break yeah, while you thanks. track our guest down? <laughs> How about that? I'm going to talk about something near and dear to your heart. In fact, you introduced it to me, and I've been a fan ever since. It's Fresh Books. They're Toronto-based, right? Oh, I love them, yes. Aren't they great? I just saw Mike last night, actually. I uh, had a chance to run into him. He's a founder of Fresh Books, and um, I just use them religiously, and they have a great app to uh, uh, be able to manage all your stuff and invoices. It makes it so easy. I'm a big Fresh Books uh, fan because Amber introduced me to them in 2004. Now, I, don't, I have people now, but this is for, <laughs> for freelancers who are doing their own invoicing. This is such a great solution. It lets, you know, it's, if you've been using, you know, Microsoft Word to create an invoice, this is so much more professional for a lot of reasons. First of all, you upload your logo, you use their design tools, you're going to get a great looking invoice. If you do time tracking, they have an iPhone app or a web-based app that'll track the time and then pump it right into the invoice. Saves you a lot of time and trouble recording your hours used. Uh, it does have some nice features, I think, to get you paid faster. You know, because it's easier to invoice, you, you, I found I tended to invoice more uh, directly uh, and uh, more promptly. But it also is easier for your clients to pay because they can pay by credit card. Of course, they can write you a check, but they can pay by credit card. And there are 11 payment services they support, including PayPal. So it's a very simple thing. They get the invoice in their email. And you know how I will put off something unless it's easy to do right now. If I see pay, <laughs> yes. pay this invoice button on the invoice, I click it and then it's over with. Your client feels better. They don't have to think about it. You feel better. You get paid. If you have a slow pay client, they have automated late payment reminders to make sure that you follow up and they'll do they, a lot of stuff automatedly. Uh, and of course, um, FreshBooks uh, will also send paper invoices for an additional charge so you I, you know, when I invoiced Rogers, I would always, just to be safe, I use FreshBooks when I, when I used to do call for help and I have to invoice them at the end of the month. I would also I send the digital paper, but I would also print one out and have it sent to them. And FreshBooks did all of that. And it, it just made it a little bit more likely that I would get paid. <laughs> in a, in <laughs> That's a probably a good idea. Yeah. I submitted some expenses when I worked there and it took quite a while for yeah. things to go through. <laughs> yeah. FreshBooks is just awesome. Uh, you know, I, I, that would be cool if they had an expense program too. A little tip 
Maybe they can do that next. Try it. It's free for up to three clients. So for many of us, that's, I mean, I, I was using it for Rogers alone. So Yeah, I mean, I pay for it just because it's so worthwhile to be able to uh, sign up and manage a few different clients. And you can manage expenses in there as well. Oh, you can. Yeah, Beautiful. you can. There's a uh, there's a section where you can manage an invoice for expenses. So that's really handy. So they do do that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I want it's you to really try it today. Freshbooks.com. Set up that free account. If they ask you where you heard it, you tell them net at night. Make sure Amber gets credit. Tell I will say uh, when Mike was, uh, we interviewed him last night and we were talking to him about FreshBooks and where it's going. And he was mentioning, um, you know, on the mobile side with uh, there's a FreshBooks app that you can use on the iPhone, um, you know, for small businesses. Imagine if, if you run a, a, a dog walking business right. and you want to send an invoice uh, to one of your clients and you'll be able to do things like attach pictures of you know, that you took of walking their dog and maybe even a route of where you took their dog, you know, if you took them on like a, you know, two mile walk or something like that. All this additional information that's all based on location um, technology and using photos and all those things. So the invoice becomes like this, you know, record of information. So uh, they have some great plans in the works. There you go. Freshbooks.com. All right, Leo. So I haven't tracked down our guest just yet. So we're going to go do some some more stories. We got plenty more. By the oh, way, yes. I did Love notice more. that Instagram now has built-in tilt shift. Did you see that? Oh, oh, I just no, got I my didn't. I just got my Instagram update, and uh, I love you know, they've, they've always had filters. We've talked about it. We interviewed the Instagram people. They've always mm-hmm. had uh, they've always had filters, but now they have the ability to. So I just took a picture of of uh, whoops, that's the wrong one. Just took took a picture of you and me, <laughs> and then look at this this tilt shift button, and now I can. Isn't that cool? I can pinch it or rotate the tilt shift uh, thing. I can make you be in focus like that. I can make it a little bit bigger and a little bit smaller and apply it. And now you're in focus, but I'm not. It really gives you some great depth of field. That's very cool. Isn't that cool? And then I can still apply the filters, which I love so much. So that's kind of neat, huh? I love Instagram. I did this uh, day-long charity race thing last Wednesday, and I took pictures along the way that just weren't very good because I was in such a rush. And But then I used Instagram to give them all different filters. And then um, when the people I was working with did a blog post afterwards, I mean, the pictures just looked amazing. They just really popped because I had all these great effects right. on them. Well, such- and that's one thing that the iPhone camera is so much better than this. I was just doing mm-hmm. it with the iPad, too. I hope they come out with Instagram for the iPad soon. That would be very cool. Yeah, but, the, but it works all right with the iPad, but... Um, Better with the iPhone 4. Better with the iPhone. Okay, Leo, so uh, I'm sure that you get most of your news online, but that hasn't always been the case. Um, For a very long time, people were relying on uh, the print version of newspapers. However, that has just changed. So uh, according to a new survey that just came out, 46% of people now get their news online. um, And you can compare that to about 40%. Does that mean solely online or, or just a little bit online? Um, I think that uh, it's at least three times a week. So um, I think it's just increasing. You know, obviously, you know, they may also get a newspaper at home, but it seems as though more people are choosing to go to the web and get news more often. Um, You know, not a huge surprise to us. Obviously, we're, you know, very uh, tech savvy and web savvy. Um, But, you know, I don't know what some newspapers are thinking of stats like this, but it just seems that more and more people are kind of bypassing the whole newspaper print experience um, altogether. And there's just been a significant shift. Well, we talked a little bit about this uh, on Twit this week, um, you know, at South by Southwest. And I'll tell you one thing uh, for sure um, is that the quality and variety of news you get from some something like Twitter or Flipboard following Twitter 
uh, is so much better than any one newspaper can give you that I, I don't know why, you know, at, at, once you get used to it, you don't want to go back to the newspaper. You, yeah. were, you were already in bed when the earthquake happened in Japan, but it was 11 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, that's how I found out about it. I saw it on my Twitter feed. I saw everybody, and they, and they gave me links immediately to Al Jazeera and to um, NHK, the J Japanese English language world version. I immediately went there to watch video. I, I watched because my wife, I said, and then I shouted at my wife, there, you know, there's been a big earthquake, and she ran into the other room and watched CNN. I'm staying in bed with my, my iPad, and mm -hmm. I'm looking at, Al, or actually, I guess it was a laptop, Al Jazeera. I'm watching NHK. I'm getting Ustream feeds. I'm able to to get better information. You know, why, why this is this is what, uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe Gary V said it on Twitter. Why, why watch, oh, no, I think it was, um, uh, I think it was Sarah Lane. She said, why watch an anchor regurgitate what they're reading same on Twitter <laughs> when you can watch Twitter. I know. Because they're watching the same video feeds and regurgitating the same information. And and besides, on Twitter, you're getting people who are actually in Japan. You're at, at this On this particular event, you are getting firsthand reports. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's just amazing. I also think it's interesting, though, what some of the newspapers are doing online. I know in Canada, for example, the Globe Mail is experimenting a little bit with infographics and trying to figure out unique ways to kind of get more traffic coming to their site by matching up information and just providing content in a different format. So um, obviously, they've been you know immensely affected by how many people are relying on online sources, and they're forced to kind of shift their model a little bit instead of, like you said, regurgitating the same information and just right. putting out um, information from some of the wires that are coming across, they have to kind of think outside the box and be a little bit more creative and innovative. And I'm seeing that a little bit, um, I think, which is a, a good sign and, and obviously a necessity for them to survive. Just amazing as times change. I have to wonder, uh, you know, how, how long before newspapers, uh, well, they've got to reinvent themselves. We look at CNN. I mean, they're clearly they're trying to reinvent themselves uh, by using more of this. Yeah, definitely. And trying to incorporate more uh, technology. Um, it's interesting. I think, you know, you've mentioned Al Jazeera a few times recently in terms of watching their broadcasts. And um, I see them also be so quick online and I'm using them a lot as a new source, too. So um, it's funny how different sources kind of come into our lives, especially based on the understanding they have of the Internet and how they use some of this content and information that's coming out. Yeah. So uh, speaking of technology, Leo, and uh, changes that have been happening, um, I just read this report I thought was kind of interesting. 80% of children under the age of five use the internet weekly. <laughs> 80%? 80%. What are they doing? children between the ages of zero and five use the internet in the U.S. on what? a weekly basis. Um, you know, I guess they're just, you know, they using apps. They must be going to Club or, Penguin and things, right? <laughs> yeah, or they're Sesame using Street. Yeah, using apps, I'd say Sesame Street. I mean, Connor, I've mentioned before, he really knows how to navigate the iPad. It's quite frightening. Um, and he now knows how to go into YouTube. So the YouTube icon on the iPad. And if I've already put in like Elmo videos, then he knows how to go between them and play them um, on the iPad. So, um, you know, he's just two. So I can only imagine what kids who are a little bit older than him are doing. Yeah. Well, in some ways, I don't like it because it means that a lot of these commercial entities are aiming themselves at kids under five. I mean, the kids under five, I hope they're not seeing ads and stuff like that. I mean, they have know. no, you know, they don't understand what they're seeing. That always sickens me. Yeah. I feel that way, too. Like when I see a McDonald's ad and they're, you know, advertising Happy Meals or something and little kids, I just, yeah. it just makes me sick to my stomach. So, uh, 
yeah, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of that on long. But the good, the good thing is for parents, you can kind of bypass that experience. Like for Connor, for example, we've downloaded a bunch of videos that we just load up on the iPad. So, you know, he's kind of bypassing the whole, you know, obviously he can't truly surf the internet, but right. uh, nonetheless, we're, you know, getting apps and, and videos and stuff that we have more control over than if he were to just, you know, go crazy on Google right. and search for right. stuff. Although, like I said, he can't do that. He's not a child genius. <laughs> let's, <laughs> hope, smart, but... <laughs> let's hope he can't do that. If he can, I'd be very afraid. I know, me too. He can't quite do that yet. Don't worry. He can play Angry Birds, though, which is kind of disturbing. <laughs> really? I, he yeah. knows how to launch it and everything? Yeah, he knows wow. how to launch it. So, wow. you know, the only Isn't problem is sometimes he goes the wrong direction. So he launches the Angry Birds backwards. He doesn't understand that he's supposed to hit something with them. But he, he, <laughs> he loves I have, this. He's not goal-oriented. He's not trying to get the pigs. He just wants to launch the birds. No, he just takes the birds and he slingshots them whatever way he feels sure like. Sure he does. Uh, but he watches them and he just love, ang- loves Angry Birds. And that's just so disturbing. <laughs> I'm loving it now, too. I, I've, I've, I've kind of, it's opened my eyes to a whole new way of playing. Shoot it Angry that way. Birds. <laughs> Leo, you're not going to go anywhere if you do that. Just Shoot it backwards. <laughs> it's a new trend. It's all right. There are always more birds. There are, yeah, exactly. Um, so, in other news, Leo, before maybe we should try to give our guest a call in a couple of okay. minutes, but um, the head of uh, Flickr on the product side at Yahoo has stepped down. Um, is uh, just I thought this was interesting because I was thinking about Flickr a lot recently and. I was wondering, you know, what's going to happen with Flickr at Yahoo? Because we saw, you know, what happened to Delicious. And um, I find I'm using Flickr a lot less. And I was curious about your side of things and how you, you're using it now. You know, it's funny because uh, you, you saw me do that Instagram uh, photo a minute ago. And um, one of the choices when you do Instagram is whether you want to share on Flickr or not. And more and more, I don't. It's not, it's not part of my, my standard thing. But partly that's for, been for a while because I like Smug Mug as my kind of sharing site. Mm. I still go to Flickr with, a, with the best pictures because I think that's still kind of where the community is. This is a big shocker, though. Yeah, no, it's definitely a big shocker. And uh, from what I've read on, on the TechCrunch article, uh, they've said that, you know, he, uh, Rothenberg is his last name. He's always kind of been the go-to guy in terms of running Flickr and, and you know, everybody relied on Stuart him. Stuart and Katerina, and we interviewed Katerina Fake a while mm-hmm. ago, uh, left Yahoo uh, uh, over a year ago. And, and so uh, uh, I, I, would, I guess that uh, Rothenberg has kind of took over when Stuart and Katerina left. Exactly. And uh, he's been running it for a while, um, but uh, he stepped down and he publicly announced it on Twitter. And from what I understand from this article, Yahoo continued to deny that he was gone at all and then finally said, OK, it's true. It's on Twitter for <laughs> crying out loud. You got You got to believe it. Yeah. So it was already on Twitter. Uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, it's not as though I think that Flickr is necessarily dying. I just went there today to get a bunch of old photos that I was looking for. I just think with so many instant and easy ways to share information and, and photos and um, applications, I just, you know, I wonder what its future is. And it. Well, um, you know what's hurt Flickr uh, of late is is this these stories about people's pictures getting uh, accidentally, arbitrarily or intentionally deleted in their entirety. And I think anybody who thought Flickr was a place to back up your photos is is now realizing that's not the case. Yeah, I would say the community's kind of lost a little bit of trust there as well. So yeah. um, I don't know. I think it'll be around for a while. We but, still use uh, Flickr groups, you know, mostly photo show. Uh, we're going to use a Flickr group for our uh, competition. It still seems to be, uh, there's nothing replaced it. You know, Zoomer, which for a while I thought might replace it, hasn't replaced it. Nothing's replaced it, right? Yeah, no, nothing has really nothing replaced else. it. It just... 
I don't know. It feels a little stale to me, I guess. Yeah. And, and that's probably my own fault because I'm just relying on, you know, services that are a little more instant. And um, you know, not that it's not. I know it has some of the same functionality. But when you go to the community there, it just feels like a place where people are, you know, kind of storing photos. It, right. And uh, oh, that's maybe I just want things faster, right? You know, I want that kind of real-time experience. Uh-huh. And that's not the community that I go to to get that. Real-time, uh, man. That's the thing, isn't it? It really is, Yeah. Hey, before let's try to get our guest on. Before we do that, though, let me mention our friends at Citrix who do great that great product that you know and I know called Go to My PC. Let me pull it up here on the. Uh, I actually was going to show you the iPad app. They have an iPad app now. They announced that at South by Southwest. That's pretty awesome. That means you can remotely access your Mac or Windows PC from your iPad, which means you can get work done. You can, uh, you know, you don't have to carry a big heavy laptop with you. Uh, go to my PC is actually amazing. It's secure. It's fast. It's easy to install. Um, you know, you may have a nine to five job, but everybody knows these days the job doesn't end at five p.m. Even if it's just go- going there as you travel to make sure your inbox isn't jammed when you get back, or getting that PowerPoint slide that you forgot to bring with you, or that kind of thing. Uh, having the ability to get to your office PC, use it just like your your office, even if it's just with an iPad, is amazing. So try it free right now. Go to mypc.com slash N-I-G-H-T. 30 days free. Uh, might as well get the uh, iPad app as well. Go to mypc.com slash N-I-G-H-T and then go to the App Store and get the iPad app. I'm telling you, this is an amazing combination. That's very cool. Yeah. Don't you think? I, I'm just yeah, really... Yeah, that's really neat. Really, I don't have... Uh, I don't have it on here. I, this is the new iPad 2. I'm on my old iPad 1. I better copy it over. I'll show you next time. Go to mypc.com slash night. We thank them so much for their support of Net at Night. And really, try this thing. You're going to love it. It's the best. PC or Mac. Shall I call? Shall I try? Yeah, he was going to um, call, email us. He was but in a let's meeting, right? Yeah, he's just getting out of a meeting. So we can try him. I mean, if he's not available, he won't answer. <laughs> but uh, it's good to uh, give it a whirl. I know he's had a, a really packed day. Um but Why I don't think you tell us what Mashable? I mean, I'm, see, this is my problem. Is you. it Mashable or Hashable? It's Hashable. I know. What and is I've Hashable? So, um, so Hashable is this really neat service. Um, I've been using it as a, an application on my iPhone where you can easily kind of introduce people or you can connect with someone if you're at a conference like South by Southwest, for example, you don't want to exchange a business card. You can simply, you know, um, put their Twitter name in and, and, and write a quick note and then put at Hashable and it will keep track of all of your interactions that you've had with someone. Um, you can also introduce two people um, via email or Twitter. So I could just do at Leo Laporte and maybe use like at Guy Kawasaki if you guys didn't know each other. Um, oh, and cool. uh add an introduction and put at Hashable at the end. So it's it's an interface that allows you to establish these connections with people and keep track of them. So in some ways, they're thinking that you're going to get rid of your business cards altogether and you'll be able to do this stuff electronically. It's really fun. It's really cool. And it's hard to describe, but when you start using it, um, it's, it's definitely something where uh, you get kind of hooked because it is just so simple. You sign up and then it's like, you know, two clicks and um, you know, you've basically established a connection with someone. I wish I'd had this. Uh, <laughs> I should have known about this. This yeah, is you know, cool. Like, for instance, I was just speaking at a conference last week. And after the conference, someone said, oh, you know, uh, I said I don't have business cards on me. I just forgot them. Um, and, you know, if you know, if I'm using Hashable, it's an easy thing for me to say, okay, what's your Twitter handle? And then just go through Hashable and then make the introduction. And then I can always go back into the Hashable dashboard and see that, you know, I met that person there and just have a, a, some type of 
uh, electronic record. So I don't have an account, but I was able to just sign up with my Twitter account. I don't need yep. a, I don't need a uh, invite or anything. Yeah, you don't need an invite or anything. So you see, once you've signed in, Leo, um, you can go and, uh, like I said, just make an introduction between two people. How I've been using it is just post a connection. So if, say, um, you had dinner with someone, you would just choose a tag like dinner and then put in the person's Twitter account, um, their address, and then you'd preview to see what it looked like. And then the message would go out on uh, on Twitter and it would have the at hashable uh, tag so, attached ah, to it as well. So it does live on top of the Twitter ecosystem. Exactly, yeah. Um, so just very simple, you know, because, you know, sometimes you, you meet someone and you end up going on to Twitter and you say, hey, nice meeting you. It was right. really fun. And you have to post these messages. This just makes it, you know, totally seamless. And it just happens in an instant. Well, so unfortunately, important. Michael is uh, not out of his meeting. I've just been uh, checking while we've been talking. So we'll we'll check again one more time before we uh, wrap up. We do have a yeah, few, yeah, we'll check again. few we'll more see things if he, to talk about. Yeah, we have a few more things. So before um, we do, and, can, before we do yeah. that, I do I want to mention audible.com. I haven't done that yet. That way, if he calls in, we can get him in quickly without having to uh, take a break. So let me just quickly talk about Audible. Audible.com. We're still working on getting Amber involved with Audible. I think it's because she's in Canada. This offer <laughs> is good in the U.S. and Canada, though. If you go to Audible.com right now, take a look at all the incredible books. Uh, we got to get you to read your book for it. You know, it's the Ides of March today. So maybe you'd want to read Julius Caesar, man, soldier, and tyrant. Because <laughs> he was, of course, murdered in the on the Ides of March. And then there are a whole bunch of other uh, books about Rome and Caesar. And this is what happens is you start clicking around. Pretty soon you've got on your wish list, and you, you, can, put, you can build a wish list of books that you want to listen to, hundreds of books. It's just so much fun. I'll tell you what. Let's set it up so you get that first book free. All you have to do is go to audible.com slash night. You can see all the books that I have on my wish list. I can't. It's uh, Oh, I can't read enough. I listen oh all gosh, the Leo. time and I still have more books a lot. to listen to. Somebody was asking me, are, is the uh, Incarnations of Immortality series, the Piers Anthony, great Piers Anthony science fiction fantasy series on Audible? Yes, it is. And I've listened to the first four or five and there are more all the time. Audible.com slash night. Go there. You'll sign up for the gold account. That's the book a month account. Very affordable. And by the way, with the book a month, like all other Audible subscription accounts, you also get New York Times and Wall Street Journal daily editions so you can listen to your newspapers. If you've got a commute, if you spend time at the gym, if you spend time cleaning house, anytime you can't hold a book, Audible's just great to have. Ooh, Sammy Hagar's new book is out. Red, My Uncensored Life in Rock. I love reading rock memoirs. <laughs> Just find your first book and then go to audible.com slash night to get it for free. It's yours to keep forever. You can cancel at any time. I think you're going to like it. Audible.com slash night. We thank them so much, so much for their support of the Night Night Show. One more time, let me check. Okay. Um, Leo, I think that I feel like sometimes that there are like five Leos because I'm always trying to keep track of what you do in a day and you're listening to audiobooks. You do a million shows. Well, that's audiobooks saves my life because I do go to the gym. I have to work out, right? Um, I drive carpool. So you're right. I'm a busy person, but having the ability to listen to a book means I can, I can actually, you know, expand actually, my horizons. Yeah. I don't have to, I don't, it keeps you from having blinders on all the time. Yeah. And I think exactly. that that's important in our business because it's so easy to get caught in the bubble of tech. Oh, I know. And yeah. forget that there's, there's, there's other things in the world. I know. You just get sucked into yeah. it, right? And then you just, you can just feed that, 
you know, that uh, thirst for or that hunger for tech information because right. there's just so much of it. Well, that's um, why, by the way, I don't just read sci-fi because I think a lot and I think a lot of geeks do this. Mm-hmm. I try to read uh, non other nonfiction books so I can learn about the world. Um, yeah, just get out of that space a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So I don't just read about technology and I don't just read sci-fi. I read all sorts of stuff and it's fun. It's great. So um, do you want to do our video of the week? Yeah, actually, before that, if I can just do the site of the night. Um, This is a service called Hello Bar. And you maybe you've seen this before, Leo. Um, I think it's just at hellobar.com. You can just do a quick search for it. Uh, You've probably seen it on people's websites. I know uh, Tim Ferriss uses it on his site. I think uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, It's a simple little thin bar at the top of the web page where you can put in a message, um, like a, a... a, a, a simple message with a link. Uh, and what they're promoting right now is for people to add this to their website or to their blog to raise awareness about what's happening in Japan. Help victims um, of the 8.9 earthquake in Japan by spreading awareness and aid and then you press a donate. And that's on, you can barely see it on our, on our, on our, uh, you can go to ambermac.com. I've just added it. Are you it doing to, it? Yeah. So I just, um, um, added it earlier today. Uh, this too. This is great. It's super simple, Leo, so people can expand or collapse it. Um, You can see it there. And then I just link to uh, the Red Cross website. Um, And so uh, you can write any message you want. You can have it any color you want. And uh, a a really easy way to uh, help to raise awareness and to raise money, too. Um, And it's just a little snippet of code. So you have two ways to do it. One is to take the snippet of code, add it to your website, um, or you can sign up for an account on um, the Hello Bar site, which is what we did, and then put Help Japan as the promo code um, to be able to go in and use it for free. And uh, and then, you know, within a couple of minutes, you're able to kind of build build awareness and uh, help to raise some money, too. So uh, works well with some of the main sites like Tumblr, WordPress, Blogger, or the, the... those platforms um, and uh, just a simple thing to do. So a lot of people are using this. And of course, you know, if you, uh, if you don't want to put a charitable message up there, you can pay to put your own promotional message up there and it'll, it'll uh, count clicks and so forth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, using help Japan is a free way to uh, use this little slick, little slender bar that I think is uh, uh, a nice little design and also very effective. The only uh, caveat I would say is, uh, and this is unfortunate, I just tried it on the iPad, and I found this with some of these other bars. Um, it doesn't always work on uh, Safari and our mobile platforms. Oh, it yeah. does not, in fact, seem to work on the uh, on the I, iPad. That's too bad. But yeah. people coming in with a browser, I'm on Chrome, it works fine. Yeah. Uh, probably if they use no script, it won't work, you know, because it probably uses JavaScript. So just to, just, you know, it's not going to necessarily work for everybody. But boy, I think I bet you raise a lot of money that way. Oh yeah, exactly, yeah, and just really a lot a of awareness idea. too. I mean, if you see people with their own blogs and websites have this message up there, even if you don't donate, you know, it still gets people thinking about what's happening, and you know, maybe next time they have an opportunity to donate or help out, they will. Yeah, really so cool. So that is Hello Bar. Really cool. It's very cool. Um, so for our video of the week, Leo, yeah. are you ready for me to set this up? Uh, yes. Well, first I'm going to pull it up. So go ahead, you talk and talk slowly. Okay, talk slowly. Because <laughs> I, so, I have to type in by hand, watch equals question mark V equals. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is in honor of South by Southwest. Uh, it's a video that I just stumbled across earlier today. It's called South by Southwest Homesick Blues. Um, if you remember uh, the Bob Dylan video that came out a while ago where, you know, he's A long while this. ago. I don't think you were born when this video came out. 
But then there was the there was the um, I think it was the site. Tommy's in the basement mixing up the medicine. That one, right? Where he's showing the the cards. Yeah, he's showing the cards, but you could go add your own cards. There was some type of web. Oh, yeah, um, I remember that. You could do this. Yes. Uh, so someone has created this video, but it's a lot of fun. It's all about South by Southwest. It's a couple minutes long um, and just kind of describes the experience down there. And they did a really, really great job of the uh, video right. and music. This is, uh, this is, let me see if I can rewind. <laughs> the internet doesn't like me today. Oh, I've had days like that. <laughs> just, My printer hates me all the nothing, time. Nothing works. Well, you know, I think it's because all of these sites now are, I can. I guess we'll just join it already in progress. What do you say? Hey, Amber MacArthur. If you are interested in power friending, you got to get her book, Power Friending. It's right here. And uh, also, you want to check her out at ambermac.com. That's her blog. And uh, let's not forget her TV show, commandn.tv. Thank you, Amber MacArthur. We'll see you Thanks, next time Leo. on Net at Night. I love it. <laughs> Very insider. This is so in. You'd have to watch every edition of Net at Night to understand what this means. Scoble. <laughs> there you go, the South by Southwest Blues. Oh, it's from Get Satisfaction. That's hysterical. I love it.